0: I'm on
1: right now, I don't believe you. That's not six. One plus two plus two plus one. You really are crazy. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Me? No, come on, don't be crazy.
2: Ho ho ho, hello everyone. Have you all ever questioned if La La Land deserved to be nominated for Best Picture? Or debated if Quentin Tarantino is actually overrated? Or perhaps challenge others by asking, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Well, here on the Don't Be Crazy podcast, we ask these questions and more with the help of fellow film enthusiasts. Who's we? I'm Zach Rancourt, and with me today are a whole bunch of filthy animals. We might not be certified film critics or have our own column in The New Yorker, but the only thing we love more than cinema is talking about it. Very special episode. Happy holidays, everyone. Again, I'm Zach Rancourt, and I have the honor and privilege of bringing on four, count them, four special guests for this holiday episode. Uh, We are going to be discussing a movie that I hold very near and dear to my heart. So we'll do a quick introduction of everybody. Uh, Fresh off his, uh, his victory in fantasy football, the heavyweight champion himself, Mr. Tom Lockhart from the Top 5 podcast.
1: Hello, Tom. Uh, were you calling me fat? Is that what you were just saying? Like, did you just call me a fatty? You're you're
2: heavy. Heavy. Heavies are always good when you play video games. It's like the person you rely on to carry the two LMGs. So I got you. Tom, welcome to the show. So good to have you on here.
1: It's good to be here. I would like to dedicate my win this week in fantasy football to the New England Patriots, who did the stupidest play ever. And it got me eight points and I won by four. So thumbs up to you guys for being dummies.
2: (laughs) Very cool. And then the second half of the top five podcast, uh, or I guess the third of our tripod, would be the lovely locks and uh, Captain Morgan lookalike himself, Mr. Eric Shane. Hey, Eric, how's it going? It's going very well. Thanks for having us back, man. Did you know, okay, pop quiz, Captain Morgan, do you think he has a peg leg, an eye patch, neither, or both? Uh, I'm going to say he has neither. Yeah, you are correct, there. sir. He doesn't have any. He's very handsome. He sit, he what kind of uh, bullshit pirate out. is that? I know, right? He's he's, he's not uh, not Johnny Depp. But,
0: but he, he does, does have Depp. scurvy.
2: He does have scurvy. And uh, the, the person who does have scurvy, and he doesn't want to talk about it too much, he is a regular on the Don't Be Crazy podcast. That is Mr. John Edmonds.
0: I'm just here, so I don't get a find. And uh, my fantasy football team is doing garbage. Started off hot. Real
2: hot. Yeah, I am. Um, mine. Mine did terrible this year, but I went ahead and just wrote it out. I didn't empty my bench or anything like that. I wrote it out like a true player. And there we go. Oh, and no. it's OK.
0: I'm I'm in the toilet bowl and my bench is full of injuries.
2: Oh, I'm very sorry yeah, My to team start, started
3: off garbage and stayed consistent all year, baby.
0: <laughs> it's all about yeah. consistency, baby. <laughs> That's right.
2: <laughs> Hell yeah. And then last but not least, a voice that you're very familiar with. Some would say that they fall asleep to his at night. Uh, it's a soothing and wonderful sound from the Geek Garage podcast. That is one Mr. David Dassaw. Hi, David.
4: Oh, hi i I'm Kermit. Uh,
2: and he <laughs> is on a podcast.
4: Hi. <laughs> <laughs> He is on TV now. Yeah. Uh, hey Zach, thanks for for having me back. Um. Sorry. I I can't resist doing Kermit, uh, especially since I just watched um the uh Christmas Carol, the Muppets Christmas Carol. So it's a great, yeah. Christmas, yeah. It's a great yeah.
0: Christmas movie. It's a great yeah. Christmas movie. There. I'm Chris I'm Kermit. Kermit. Ho 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 and shiver me timbers. It's Christmas. Oh my god. god. Like everyone can do a better Kermit than I can.
2: <laughs> it's like on Arrested Development when they call each other chicken and they're like. Cook, cook, cook.
0: Go, 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 go. <laughs> yeah it's awesome stuff. oh whenever i think of kermit i think of that family guy that my neighbor and i always talk about yeah right back where you came from oh yeah <laughs> that's <was> really bad <laughs> that was bad. troubling <laughs> that is a funny yeah. scene that's troubling he goes yeah. do you
2: know how to get to town and he's like yeah right back
0: where yeah you sure came it's from. back the way you came <laughs> sure, sure back the way you came there <laughs> oh boy
2: <laughs> Um, OK, well, enough of the grab ass in there, guys, because we're going to be grabbing a whole lot more ass during this conversation. Like I said, we are doing a film that I hold near and dear to my heart. When I was growing up, we would watch this movie from after Thanksgiving all the way until Christmas every single day. It would just be on in the background on repeat. So I memorized it to a point. Um, I'm terrible now with quoting films, but it is 1989's Christmas Vacation. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, to to clarify. Directed by Jeremiah S. uh, Chechik, who did Benny and June, and then a ton of TV and music videos. That's about it. Fun fact, he was actually the guy on the Time magazine cover when uh, when Clark is reading it, which I think is fantastic. Um, Or Mm -hmm. it's a People magazine. That was a trivia question, so I'll delete that one. The film was written by John Hughes, and everyone knows John Hughes from films like Pretty in Pink, uh, The Breakfast Club, Home Alone, Home Alone 2, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, all of that. The man was synonymous with the 80s, and of course, this movie fits into that bucket. The movie stars Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Juliette Lewis, Johnny Galecki, John Randolph, Diane Ladd, E.G. Marshall, Doris Roberts, who's also in Grandma's Boy, Randy Quaid, and Miriam Flynn. Critical reception on IMDb, it is a 7.5 out of 10, which is a pretty okay grade, about a C C+. However, I think seven and a half for a movie is pretty excellent. 77% on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics and 88% from the audience score. So clearly a beloved Christmas film. Now, I own it, but I also watched it on HBO Max because I couldn't find my copy anywhere. So if I have it at my fingertips, I have it at my fingertips. Um, Quick show of hands, how many of you actually own this movie? Tom does. That's it? Wow. (laughs) Wow. You guys are uh, gr- uh, Grinches.
3: I, I was going to buy it,
2: and then I was just
3: like, I got broke real quick. Because HBO crazy. Max had it. Yeah, I pay for HBO Max, so in that
2: respect, I do kind of own it. Yeah. I was going to buy it, but then I went on living my life as normal. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. It had a estimated $28 million budget, and in U.S. the U.S. and Canada on opening weekend, which was December 3rd, 1989, it made $11.75 million. Uh, overall, in the U.S. and Canada, it grossed about $74.3 million, And then worldwide, it says seventy three point three eight. 38 I don't know if these figures are very accurate, but who knows? We'll see. So, decently successful for a Christmas film. Uh, a couple quick trivia pieces. After failing to get the Christmas lights to work one last time, Clark Griswold takes his frustration out on the plastic decorations in the front yard. Chevy Chase actually broke his pinky finger while punching Santa Claus. He resorts to kicking and clubbing the decorations after that. The film kept rolling and the take was used. Very akin to Viggo Mortensen in Lord of the Rings when he kicks the helmet and breaks his toe and actually screams. What a method actor Chevy Chase is. He's kind of a piece of shit, (laughs) but what a method actor he is. So I dig it. (laughs) And then this is the final film of Mae Questall, whose film career began in 1930 as the voice of Betty Boop. So that is uh, Aunt Bethany. Are we at the airport, Clark? This house (laughs) is bigger than your old house.
0: Is Rusty still in (laughs) the the Navy?
2: That's my my favorite right there. She wrapped up her damn cat. Okay. So we will probably quote quoting this movie a ton and it'll be a fun discussion, but uh, I will read a quick synopsis for anybody who has not seen Christmas uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. If you wish to skip this, I don't know why you're listening to the podcast. I appreciate you anyways, but you can skip uh, about four minutes ahead. Chicago area resident Clark Griswold plans to have a great Christmas with his entire family. He drives his wife, Ellen, daughter, Audrey, and son, Rusty, out to the country to find a tree. After walking through the snow for hours, Clark picks out the largest tree he can find. Realizing too late that they did not bring any tools to cut down the tree, they are forced to uproot it instead, before driving home with the the tree strapped to the roof of their car. Soon after, both Clark and Ellen's parents arrive for Christmas, but their bickering quickly begins to annoy the family. Clark, however, maintains a positive attitude, determined to have a fun old-fashioned family Christmas. He covers the house's entire exterior with 25,000 twinkle lights, which fail to work at first as he accidentally wired them through his garage's light switch. When they finally come on, the tempor- they temporarily cause a citywide power shortage and create chaos for Clark's yuppie neighbors, Todd and Margot Chester. While standing on the front lawn, admiring the lights, Clark is shocked to see Ellen's country-based cousin, Catherine, and her husband, Eddie, as they arrive unannounced with their children, Rocky and Ruby Sue, and their pet Rottweiler, Snots. Eddie later admits that they are living in the RV they arrived in, and as, er, as he is broke and has been forced to sell his home in Acreage. In addition, his older children are too busy to join Eddie in the visit. Clark offers to buy gifts for Eddie's kids so they can still enjoy Christmas. Soon afterward, Clark's senile Aunt Bethany and grumpy Uncle Louis arrive as well. Clark begins to wonder why his boss, Frank Shirley, has not given him his yearly bonus, which he desperately needs to replace an advance payment that he has made to install a swimming pool for the coming summer. After a disastrous Christmas Eve dinner, along with Bethany's cat getting electrocuted and Uncle Louis accidentally burning down the Christmas tree while lighting his cigar, he finally receives an envelope from a company messenger who had failed failed to deliver it the day before. It fell in between the sleets, I'm sorry. Uh, Instead of the presumed bonus, the envelope contains a free year's membership to the Jelly of the Month Club, the gift that keeps on giving. This prompts uh, Clark to snap and go into a tirade about Frank and, out of anger, requests that he be delivered to his house, wrapped in a bow, so Clark can insult him to his face. Taking Clark's request literally, Eddie drives to Frank's mansion and kidnaps him. Frank admits to having canceled the Christmas bonuses, and Clark chastises him for doing so. Meanwhile, Frank's wife, Helen, calls the police and a SWAT team storms the Griswold house and holds everyone at gunpoint. Frank decides not to press charges and explains the situation to his wife and SWAT leader, both of whom scold him for his decision to scrap the bonuses. That's pretty low, mister. If I had a rubber hose, I would beat you. <laughs> Frank ultimately <laughs> decides to reinstate the bonuses and gives Clark the amount he received in the previous year, plus 20, 20% more. The family heads outside when Rocky and Ruby Sue believe they see Santa Claus in the distance. Clark tells them it's actually a Christmas star and that he finally realizes what the holiday means to him. Uncle Lewis says the light is coming from the sewage treatment plant, reminding Clark that Eddie had been dumping his RV sewage in the nearby storm drain. Shitter's full. Before Clark can stop him, Uncle Lewis t- tosses a match used to light his cigar into the drain, triggering an explosion which sends a Santa sleigh decoration flying into the sky. And Bethany starts singing "The Star-Spangled Manor, and everyone joins in as the film as the flaming decoration flies into the distance. The entire family, Frank and Helen, and the SWAT team members then celebrate inside the house while Clark and Ellen happily share a Christmas kiss and Clark stands outside satisfied that he proved or provided a great Christmas for his family. The credits roll, he manages to give Snots the petting he wanted. I did not see that part that he pets Snots. Never seen that part, actually. So that is Christmas Vacation, and it's a doozy. I'm excited. I am um, i don't think this was anyone's first viewing, and that is great. Uh, we're just going to have a lot of fun with this. So basically, I want to start like this. This film, it's loaded with tons of great characters. Uncle e- or Cousin Eddie, uh, Uncle Lewis, Aunt Bethany, Clark, Ellen, Rusty, you name it, right? All great characters. Todd and Margo. They all shine in one way or another, however, I do think it's important to narrow our favorite characters or you personally, your favorite character down to one. So I'm going to start with John, who is the best character in Christmas vacation and why?
0: Well, you know what? I I definitely thought about this at first. I liked Chevy chase, but then I also just, I, I always came circling back to Ellen. I felt that Ellen was my favorite character because she's so supportive. She's definitely the matriarch of the family and just, She always has Clark's back through thick and thin, no matter how dopey or oafish he might be. And she's just the rock that is the foundation of that family.
2: I do like her quite a bit. And I always say whenever people are speeding, I'm like, slow down. I don't want to spend the holidays dead, but it could be like the middle of July or something. So I quote her often and I love Beverly D'Angelo. I think that she is great. She wasn't the funniest for me, though, in this movie, but I do really like her character a lot. In the end,
0: she's hilarious. Like, remember when she's covering Chevy Chase's crotch, yeah. and then she's like, yeah. "Nice to meet you." <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry, this is our family's first kidnapping. <laughs> this is our family first. Kidnapping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that,
3: <laughs> was one of the most understatedly fun. You got to have a straight I, man in comedy. You got to have the straight man to exactly. sort of be the contrary position of the, the the funny person.
0: Yeah, she's definitely one of this. She's the straight woman. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean.
3: But yeah, exactly.
2: Anybody else want to add on to that, or or or, or not think that she's very good? It's a safe she's space here, everyone. It. I can Ooh. dig it.
4: She, she was a uh, she was definitely a uh, a close uh, runner up or honorable mention for me. Um,
2: I like her her non comedy, just her facial expressions for things where you can tell she's just so annoyed and like she's mm-hmm. she's, she's, she's thinking what we're all thinking too. The yeah, she's like life, the Jason man. Bateman yeah. of the group basically. The, like she, the Mar- she's Jason Simpson. Bateman. Like oh, that's her a great her analogy. comedy.
4: Yeah, her comedy shines through the deadpan. Like seriousness and like, like the the dry albeit witty remarks. So,
0: I just envisioned She's... from rust development opening up the dead pigeon. I don't know what I was going to expect.
4: <laughs> Excuse me, I have to go blue myself.
0: She does
2: have a very <laughs> poignant line in it. She says, "I don't know what to say except it's Christmas and we're all in misery." And I think that that kind of sums up the holiday in general for us. Um, it's stressful. It can be whatever you want it to be, but you know you just endure. But we all are in this together, for lack of a better COVID term. We are in the holiday together, and we're gonna wallow in our in our misery together. So, um, yeah, I do appreciate her. So that's that's a good choice. Okay, I can I can dig it. Um, David, what about you?
4: Well, uh, as cliche as it may be, I I cannot deny that uh, my favorite character is Clark Griswold. Um, he's one one that, yeah, I mean, you know, I guess it could be considered a cop out for sure. Like to just pick the main fucking character of the movie as your favorite, but like, he's like, he's the one that I empathize with, uh, just like the most and period. Um, I mean, I like since like, I guess because I'm the oldest and I was the first to like go and, be an adult and like get a house and have a family and stuff like that. Like I, I did all that, like with the, the grand plan of like throwing my own holiday spectacular at one point in time in the future. Um, and like his plan to like finally do that instead of like having to travel and, and, you know, go to someone else's holiday celebration. Like, I, uh, I, re- I really respect his, um, you know, his, uh, the way he is like holding on by a thread, uh, just trying to keep his shit together so he can pull off this Christmas. Um, I, I can really relate to all of that. So, yeah, with all that and more, that's what makes him my favorite or, you know, favorite or like the best character. Subjectively and I think speaking.
2: That's that's important that you say that, that he's holding on by a thread, because then we get the the payoff when he does finally snap after the tree blows yeah. up, and, and, you know, he goes and cuts one down. Um, he's wearing his Santa outfit, and uh, uh, what is it called, the newel, newel post that was, like, loose, the post at the top of the stairs, and he's just like, oh, huh, very, very casually nonchalant, just cuts <laughs> it with a chainsaw, he's like, fix the newel post, and walks down. Um, I mean... We, we can all kind of relate, and I like when he's like, we're going to be the jolliest, uh, and he goes, we're going to have the best time since Bing Crosby and Danny fucking K-Tap danced on whatever. <laughs> and then <laughs> when, Art, when Art
4: goes... I love the goes, cut you... to his... I love the cut to his wife when <laughs> he says that. She's like, what the fuck?
0: <laughs>
1: well, I li- yeah. Like, I li-
0: yeah. like I li- it's I li- all... Ellen's it's face almost is great.
4: Yeah, it's almost like uh, like a, a breaking the fourth wall in realizing like it, it's almost like the first yeah. true f bomb of the movie. So <laughs> it's like I oh my it, god! It, this I think movie it's one of the only. There.
2: It's one of the only ones, because in PG-13 mm-hmm. movies, you only get one or two F-bombs, and uh, I'm pretty sure yeah. it's like yeah. the only one. But yeah, he says, yeah. we're going to press on, and we're going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby and tap dance with Danny fucking K. And when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney tonight, he's going to find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nut house. And then uh. Art goes, you're goofy. And he goes, don't piss me off, Art. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's one of my favorite, favorite lines in the whole Great movie. Line. He goes, you're goofy. And um, fuck, I love it so much. I mean, it's it is hard to argue with Clark. Does anyone else have Clark on this list? Uh,
1: no, I I do not, and I, I would actually have to say I hate him. Wow! <laughs> um, wow! Oh, that <laughs> was right. the one. That's a take. And, and I'm gonna tank. I'm gonna drop kind of a bomb here. This oh. is a movie that I I thought I liked. I haven't hadn't seen it in ten years, and the th- first three fourths of this movie I did not like at all. Oh I hated gosh, the first three four. Get the fuck movie. out of here. <laughs> I should I can't <laughs> fucking believe we waited on you. <laughs> oh, but I I did not enjoy any of it okay. up until my characters came in. So I I, I could go next.
2: Yeah, you know, go ahead. Natural transition bring up.
1: You, 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 uh, Negative Nancy. I want to hear this. <laughs> Lewis and Bethany are oh, my yeah. favorite. Once they enter the picture, once they pick them up and bring them home, that's when the movie got funny to me. <laughs> I just oh, love the geez, two of them. Oh, did the room clear? <laughs> with, oh, God. With, when she's uh, doing Grace at the table and she, she does the Pledge of Allegiance <laughs> and Eddie stands up and like, puts his hand over his heart halfway through. Like, ah, uh, that was belly laughs right there for me. But I didn't laugh a single time before that, like, moment. Like... Uh, I'm. I just don't know. I just didn't like it. Oh, I
0: love the beginning part. Hey, kids! A deer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Aunt Grace, do you want to say there no? Aunt Bethany,
2: you wanna say Grace? Grace, she died 30 years ago. The blessing. <laughs>
4: the blessing.
2: <laughs> it's so good. You couldn't hear a dump truck driving through a nitroglycerin plant. <laughs> that's that yeah. was a hell
3: of a line. That one made Mandy like actually guffaw laugh. That's oh my a God. solid. That's a
2: solid diss. Love it. That's you know, that's a good point, Tom. Like they are fantastic characters. I am Perplexed, why you didn't laugh,
1: and I kind of want to explore that maybe a little more. Um Did you oh, grow we'll up into- watching this movie at all? Yeah, I own this movie. Like, I I, I know I enjoyed it at some point, but for mm-hmm. some reason, maybe I'm just an old man now. But that, that it seems like that should make me like it more that I'm an old man now. <laughs> but yeah. I just I just don't like Clark. Like, he is okay. awful. And so many terrible things happen to his neighbors and they don't really do anything besides think he's an idiot. And they're right. Like they're not wrong that he's an idiot. (laughs) They're kind of awful to him too. I mean, they say some awful stuff. I feel
0: bad for Julie, for Julie Louis Dreyfus, Uh. or sorry, not even Julie Louis Dreyfus at the time. Margo. Right. I I thought, yeah, at the time, like at the beginning of the movie,
3: I thought, Oh no, this is going to be a back and forth between him and the neighbors. Huh? And then I was like, it got to the point where I'm like, Oh my God, I'm starting to feel actually genuinely bad for these. poor oh Yeah. God. It, I did I not. That was like the funniest parts of the
4: movie.
0: <laughs> Actual like strange. real home damage. <laughs> like see for me, I empathize with the neighbors because I, at one point had terrible neighbors that like, uh, like they, and they were all in their sixties and they would drink until about 1. AM when we first had Rob and it would be like, guys, can you guys stop? I mean, hats off to you for partying that hard at 65, (laughs) 70. I hope I go a fraction that hard, but it was like, guys, come on. So I empathize with the neighbors for a little bit, but it's like, also, it's just the Christmas spirit. Come on. Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
2: Well, Eric, let's, let's hear how you can try to change Tom's mind. Well, I don't know
3: if I'm going to change it on this first one, but I got to go with cousin Eddie.
2: Uh, cousin Very
3: eddie because nice. I, I, he delivered the most memorable moment and the funniest line in the whole movie shitter was full that's the best line <laughs> in the whole movie that's the one that you know uh, but more than that he is the embodiment of everything in this life that is trying to ruin clark's fantasy right the story makes it clear that this is not a normal situation for clark's family they, they must not have had this big home the year before anything like this because they they've never had the whole family over. And, you know, with the giant tree in the living room and the huge ass light display. This is like this is a new situation. Clark wants Courier and Ives. That's what he wants. He the the scene where he's locked in the attic and he's watching the old family Christmas reels. He's being wistfully nostalgic. We see it again when he finally gets the house lit up and he's hugging his family and because things are finally right and at that exact moment precisely 42 minutes into a 97 minute movie is when eddie shows up and there's a total tone shift in the movie the whole movie (laughs) shifts right then um and it was really it was it it shifts over to eddie and clark and the family and all their their intermixing and stuff but it was eddie who made the ending happy really and he's the reason the movie ended happily is because of him uh and even though he kind of cocked it up and But, you know, it's a comedy. That's how it works. Uh, Clark, I think, is probably the overall best character because he's the one we relate to. But Eddie is the double. He's the contrast. He's the he's the mirror to Clark. He's everything Clark isn't. And then some. So I think other than Clark, Eddie's the most important character to the story.
2: If I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. (laughs) That's what he (laughs) says to Eddie. (laughs) Uh, Those are all very good. Choices and it's it is hard to narrow that down because they all serve merit and Eddie has a heart of gold. Um, he really does. He's just not smart. Um, because he has Mm-mm. a plate in his brain and so he's he's <laughs> a plastic a plate. plastic plate. He is he's not a smart guy. Um, but his heart is in the right place and. Uh, Clark's a great choice, too. I mean, the movie's essentially about him and his antics and just trying to hold everything together. Ellen is the glue for everything and keeps Sparky under under wraps, keeps Mm -hmm. him uh, at what he needs to be. And she does have many moments that kind of steal the movie. Um, I I like Beverly D'Angelo a lot. And then, of course, Uncle Lewis and Aunt Bethany are on screen for maybe like 10 minutes, but just are so great. And I think that kind of sums up how the holidays are for us if we're trying to get all of our family together. I mean, how many of your family members do you know are going to start talking about politics when you guys are at at the dinner table or start talking about religion or whatever? And you're just like, well, you got to roll with the punches, right? We're in this misery together. So, yeah, it's it is hard to narrow it down. And I think that's why I like this movie so much is because there's so many well-developed characters. Great conversation. Let's continue it. So this is a comedy classic and other comedy classics like this are memorable to so many fans across the world. I myself quote Christmas Vacation on a regular. Um, I know my personal choices for this movie, but what are your guys' favorite well what is your guys' favorite scene and you can only pick one in Christmas Vacation? Uh, how about we start with Eric? Okay. Great. Well, I'd already said that cousin Eddie
3: had delivered the best line in the movie and I have all kinds of, you know, fun ones on there, but, uh, getting away from the hijinks and I'm going to talk a lot about slapstick and comedy and why it's funny and why it's endearing. But I think the most important scene really of the movie is right after Clark loses it. And he, he's, uh, (laughs) don't piss me off that whole thing. Uh, he gets, he pulls off to the side, the little side room there. And it's, um, it's his dad who, who, talks him down from this hell, this all holy hell that it busted loose. And he just says, look, Hey, face it. You know, this thing is busted. You know, you cocked it up. You just did, but don't make it worse by reacting badly because that's the thing your kids and your wife are going to remember. And you're too good of a father and a husband for that. And Clark in that moment, he's reminded that all those Christmases as a kid that he had been so nostalgic for, they weren't courier and Ives. They were messy as all hell. Family Christmases are always messy. And Clark's dad was like, yeah, I had a lot of help from uh, Jack Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good line. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and you know, and then he kind of officially passed the baton for reciting the night before Christmas he says it's your house. It's your Christmas. I'm, I'm retiring. Uh, and it was just a great kind of come to Jesus moment for Clark. whose whole, everything had fallen apart on that right up to that moment. And he needed that moment and the audience needed that moment. So uh, this probably my favorite scene in the whole movie.
2: And I think that's important because a lot of what Christmas means to me, my love, is tradition and uh, that nostalgia. I mean, I get very nostalgic during Christmas. I admittedly don't like the holiday, but everything around the holiday I really like. Um, And it just reminds me of when I was a kid. And you're absolutely right. It's like they need to see you in a certain light. And it's, it's a terrible day for sure. But like, some of those things like this is your house this is this is what you're going to do and we'll salvage what we can and you got to be resilient man so that is a very touching scene I, I i agree amidst all the chaos david what about you
4: uh yeah um i uh, i definitely agree um with uh tom eric god eric. i always get you guys mixed up eric i'm i'm sorry uh i get you guys mixed up all um eric's the one that very uh, like Barry, Barry white do i uh (laughs) yeah do you um (laughs) i've never been accused of that
3: in my life all right awesome so i as i intentionally speak over the low register
4: i i absolutely love the uh the slapstick nature of this movie um it's it's one of the things that i i love most about it um but honestly like the the my favorite scene doesn't really have any slapstick whatsoever, except uh, a tag at the end of the scene, um, and that's where he gets stuck up in the attic, um, and uh, <laughs> he waves goodbye to his entire <laughs> family and extended family as they go shopping without. <laughs> um and like he's uh, there's like this little montage of him like finding uh, you know all these uh these old clothes and they're all women's clothes and he's trying to find you know just stuff to put on to keep warm and he ends up like stumbling across old home movies from when he was growing up and he's like watching them and like the next scene is like him uh you know like crying he's got you know a single tear and he's like watching these movies and like I'm like you know, kind of minus the home movies. Like we did home movies a little bit growing up um, uh, for my family, but it wasn't anything that was like, Oh, we have to like film everything. Um, So like, I understood like the, the whole, like kind of looking back and he's like, you know, this is why we're doing this. Like, this is why I wanted to have all the family over. I'm willing to put up with all the stress and the chaos and, you know, having the kids sleep in one bed Uh, in one bedroom and you know, uncle Eddie and all the fucking people (laughs) over like dealing with it all. Just so, you know, we have these memories to look back on. Um, And it's a really important moment. And I think it helps, you know, it's like one of those little moments in the movie that kind of drives the point home of what it's all about, what Christmas is all about. Um, And then (laughs) they come home, she opens up the, uh, (laughs) the gate uh, or the door to the attic and he Mm -hmm. falls through. (laughs)
3: So good. Yeah, no slapstick yeah. till the end. That's yeah, so, and there was some um, slapstick. Yeah, yeah, got to, got to do it. That's what
4: it. makes that entire scene is the fact that it ends there. Um So yeah, that's that's my favorite.
2: Good choice. Anybody want to add to that? I just did. Man.
0: <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> that's so good because I think. Just like watching him bundle himself up in all the women's clothes and just sitting <laughs> yeah. there freezing his ass off. The gloves. Like in, the in, silk a Chicago- gloves. Yeah. in a Chicago. Yeah. The silk gloves in the Chicago window. You're like, that guy's going to die.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so good.
0: But nostalgia keeps him alive. It yes. also
2: has one of my favorite lines when Ellen is walking her dad and she's like, oh, I'm going to wait for Clark. He's like, no, he's got his own car. He's like, I got to eat so I can take my back pills. Whenever I take a pill, I'm like, I got to eat so I can take my back pills. <laughs> and uh, no one really gets it. So but arts, 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 good get pretty. it. That whole scene is that whole scene is, is very good. You're right. It's touching. It's along the lines of what Eric was saying. It's that that nostalgia, like what Christmas truly will mean to, to some uh, to most, I should say. But cool. OK,
1: Tom, what about you? um so even though i hated the first three-fourths of this movie i did love the last 25 minutes or so that was great uh and my favorite scene would probably be him telling off his boss just having eddie bring the boss over with a bow on like i know that i knew it was coming but it's still enjoyable to just have that moment of just having your boss there and being able to tell him he's a jerk and you hate him And having him change his mind and you're now going to get that bonus and your pool's going to be paid for. And then something that I actually forgot going into this was the SWAT team. I normally in a movie, the boss would be all happy and they know you'd invite him in you'd have some eggnog with him and we go to credits, but there's a SWAT team that comes in and I totally (laughs) forgot that the SWAT team came and they just bust in and it's, it's crazy. Uh, I just I just wish the rest of the movie was that good. <laughs> wow. It is Don't be crazy, good. Tom. Aww. Don't be crazy, Tom. Damn. I'm gonna keep being crazy all night long.
0: What do you, what do you guys all have to say night
4: about that? long?
0: See, for, for me, the wife of the boss makes it. You didn't. <laughs> and then he's like, I did of Aww. all the cheap
2: ways to save a buck. <laughs> yeah.
0: Of all, of all the cheap ways to save up, and that's the guy from what? Uh, from Groundhog Day. He's so Bill Murray's he's, brother. He's actually, it's...
2: it's it's Bill Murray's brother.
0: Oh yeah, ah, I got this
1: voice—the big raspy voice. Mm-hmm. You didn't. Punxsutawney Phil.
0: Yeah, exactly. Punxsutawney.
1: Uh,
2: he's also in Wayne's World, uh, but anyhow, he is he's, in, he's in a lot of various films that are linked to Bill Murray, which is great. But. Yeah, I, I mean, I love that scene. Like we were talking about Ellen grabbing Clark's penis and with her hand and then welcome to our home, you know, shakes the hand, puts it right back on. That scene, it, it is funny. And the fact that the SWAT team break through all these windows for some apparent reason instead of just entering through the front door. Um, you know the freeze not you them <laughs> like it's stupid and then they all start partying at the end together and then they all sing the national anthem together it's just ridiculous <laughs> it just goes off the rails Just but perfect <laughs> chain of non sequiturs that's just it, bru- it, it, yeah it, but in the fact that they're all like saluting when Aunt Bethany starts singing the national anthem like it's it's ridiculous play ball, yeah. play ball. When, while
4: we're on that topic can I chime in with a, a small non sequitur real quick yeah yeah. So my wife and I, we uh we're kinda like the black sheeps of both of our families. We're both um we're like on the border of atheist and agnostic, and um her family is not church going religious, but they do observe quote unquote the Lord. And then my family is similar. My both my dad and my mom, they they go to church. Um, so yeah, black sheep. And we proposed that on Christmas this year that Lindsay and i offer to say the blessing and then start in with the pledge of allegiance <laughs> <That's brutal. laughs> like we like when i said that to Lindsay, like we both died laughing like it was just one of those classic <laughs> like we don't get to share belly laughs like that a lot so it was just one of those fun moments where just like oh wouldn't that be hilarious and we're like let's fucking do it
1: do it so, well, Let's anyway. never be invited to Christmas again.
2: As long as one of you start out and go, the blessing. The blessing.
4: <laughs> yeah, anyways. Grace died years ago. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to. Uh,
2: no, that's great. That's. You know. I think that would be funny. But I mean, that's, you know, Art, imitating life, imitating art, other way around, probably life, imitating art, imitating life. But I mean, that would be super cool. I think that's hilarious. And mm-hmm. if you can't get a kick out of that, then you have no soul or you just didn't like it. Like Tom, you should try to film it, <laughs> you should try to film it, film it. to just get their reaction. Exactly. Be like you want candy? I'll see what Canberra? I can do, <laughs> yeah. John, that's what's good. your favorite uh, scene?
0: I gotta say, so on top of everyone else's scenes that have been previously mentioned, it definitely was for me. It was the dinner scene, and then that <laughs> yeah. rolled right into the cat getting electrocuted <laughs> scene. Like so, the turkey, which is what, right out of that famous painting that I'm drawing a blank on, uh, Norman uh, Rockwell gathered or... um, the Norman yeah. Rockwell, uh, yeah, yeah, the Norman Rockwell uh, them at the dinner table, and then it cuts and it goes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought I left it in. Like I thought I left it. What she's is like, like I told like, you we left it in too long.
2: Yeah. Or too long. I
0: told you we left it in too long and then and then you hear, all you hear is like the disgusting crunching of the bone. <laughs> it's so gross. As they're just pouring gravy. It's so gross. <laughs> that part at, uh, on the rewatch, I was like ugh, ugh,
4: Yeah, it's like uh, ASMR it nightmare made... fuel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ugh. Yeah, it, 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 was it, like it was
0: terrible. It was terrible. And then and then what leads me into like the cat getting electrocuted scene mm-hmm. was that our cat always will chew on the goddamn Christmas <laughs> lights. And then I just loved how all of a sudden you see the chair light up when he pulls it back in and it goes, <laughs> and, then, and then just what ties, what ties the best is that Eddie goes, if that cat had nine lives, he just spent them <laughs> off. And it's just, it's just the cat logo on the ground.
2: Oh my God. Um,
0: like, uh. It's just the fur imprinted into the carpet. Rad right oh, pussycat. That... <laughs> How much oh, this couch oh, ch- set you back? Just Yeah. <laughs> Trying to fumigate it. <laughs> and then they just toss it out. And then they just throw it out in the street. Jesus. I
2: mean, at that point, you're just kind of like, what else can go wrong? Or, you know, the jello mold is like, Aunt Bethany, does your cat like jello by chance? I don't know about you, Clark, but it yeah, is the good. cat, the cat litter.
0: <laughs> Oh,
2: it's pretty hilarious. That's a great scene, um, You're right? And I mean, like because the turkey looks fantastic, right? And in Clark up to that point, obviously, is not having a great Christmas. And it's like this might be the saving grace. And throughout the entire film, he has in his mind like it's OK. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. And the dinner, it's like, finally, this is going to be this is what I want. It's me, Norman Rockwell painting. I'm carving my turkey and then like just makes that disgusting sound. Every single person. It was a disgusting turkey. Every single person when they eat it, it's funny because like the mom is dipping it in the water like people are pouring <laughs> gravy on it. Clark is trying to chew it. Uh, Ellen flicks it off her fork and pretends to eat it. And God, it's so <laughs> funny. Um They can't even pick it up with like a, a turkey fork. Um, it's it's ridiculous. But I I love it. You're absolutely right. But I mean, that's again, that's the chaos of, of, of a big dinner like that with family where there's so many things going on, right? Like, oh, can I get some more sweet potatoes? Well, shit, they're all the way down at the end of the table. And it's just it's chaos in general. But yeah, that, that's
0: a great thing. And then Eddie scooping the sweet potatoes and then Fucking taking gross. a bite from the spoon before dumping more. I know. I was like, God, gross. he's he's so gross.
4: <laughs> Maybe if didn't beat him. Scraps
0: out of the just, table.
3: Yeah, it was just Randy Quaid playing Randy Quaid seriously yes yeah yeah, yep, yeah.
0: randy quaid had to do no prep for that, that role he was there was like i'm just gonna show up as is okay he's he's just out. i was up in that spaceship, spaceship.
2: <laughs> yeah he's wearing a
0: black dickie
3: under like a thin white like sweater oh my <laughs> god you could totally see the black so I, underneath. i
0: forgot it i forgot yeah. about that and then i was like is that just a, a black dicky like tank top and i was like oh god <laughs> all class all class
2: I, I think that's what's important about this movie too is like again you know there's no bad scene in it in my opinion um I I can laugh at every moment of it uh, a lot of the same beats a lot of it is because I grew up watching it so you know that works absolutely love the scene when Clark goes to the lingerie counter and uh you know tis the season to be married she's like that's my name no shit <laughs> um I love that <laughs> entire scene it's he's like they wouldn't be the holidays wouldn't be any hooter hotter than they are. And um, yeah, he's like, you know, you'll log not like a log. Like, I don't have a log or anything, but it's <laughs> it's so funny. And he just keeps digging himself into a hole. Um, but I, I love that moment. And there are so many memorable moments in this film. So I uh, I, I I think the department store is my favorite. or I don't, I don't think I know it is. So, yeah, that's
0: a uh, great choices, gentlemen. Um, OK, moving on. Russ Russ sells your season. When when it cuts to Russ and he's smiling, like, oh, Clark. Like,
2: yeah. Oh, Can you see the
0: lines, Russ? Nope. No lines. <laughs> and he's like, oh,
2: shit. Nope. No, no. Johnny Galecki was brilliant. Russ, in so movie. good. So good. It's from my wife. God rest oh. her soul. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, she's not dead. We're God just rest divorced. her soul. <laughs> okay well moving on Uh, comedic (laughs) films can sometimes be tough to draw insightful meaning from Uh, I think there are moments though in this movie and we've discussed it that have a positive message what is the meaning of Christmas vacation to you guys and we will start this time with Tom
1: okay so the message I got from this movie was you need to plan better and don't put the cart before the horse So the planning better part is Clark really, really wants to have this big family Christmas, but I don't think he wants to have it with his family because he doesn't like them. It seems like, and I don't know why he wants to have this big family Christmas knowing his family and how much he like, there's multiple times where he like grimaces, like he's coming downstairs from like sleeping and he's going downstairs and you see him like grimace when he hears people and it's like you're the one who wanted this and you're like oh these people like come on Clark you gotta plan better don't bring everyone on over if you're not gonna like it I don't want to hang out with my family like besides those three hours I go for, for Christmas that's why I only do the three hours yep. <laughs> uh, it's just <laughs> terrible <laughs> 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 you set the timer and you're like well that's Um, you you wouldn't i i i would say it's actually somewhat near there where i usually give my wife a look and she knows okay tom wants to leave like my family i like my family (laughs) but i don't need to see them for all that much time (laughs) um and then the 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 put the cart before the horse he spent seven ground in a pool before he knew he had the bunny. What are you doing? You dumb, dumb bastard. <laughs> I just think he's an idiot and I want to punch him in his face.
2: <laughs> well, you got to strike while the iron's hot there, Tom. And some people, maybe they get cold feet about it. And maybe that was, a, I, I just got to do this. And I know I'm, I'm counting on my Christmas bonus, like he says, as part of his salary. I mean, I right. get a bonus every year and that's part of my salary. It fluctuates. But I'm still expecting a bonus each year. And if they were to be like, hey, we're actually taking these away and we're going to give you a People magazine subscription, I would say, oh, OK, well, that fucking sucks. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. I do like what you're saying, though. Uh, it's, <laughs> it, do, it does it does kind of make sense. He's he's not accepting what he he sewed. He's not reaping what he sowed, basically. And uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. So. so insightful, Tom, for someone who, do, who doesn't like the movie.
1: I know it's crazy
0: <laughs> for someone who loved the movie yeah. all the way. It sounds like
1: twenty minutes of the movie.
0: <laughs> sounds like you actually liked it, Eric. What about you? What's your uh,
2: what? What insightful meaning can you draw from this film?
1: Well, the point of
3: most Christmas movies is just how important Christmas is. You know, that's really the point of most of the movies. If you think about it, but the point really of Christmas, I think, is to remind us that we're fellow passengers to the grave, right? though there are great differences between us and we're not simply classifications or races of people on other journeys. We are all fellow passengers to the grave. And that the fact that the bonus isn't coming is telegraphed really all along the way, right? Because going back to the bonus, it's really telegraphed. If you've watched movies as long as we have, you, you know, it's coming, right? It's totally telegraphed, but it's still a kick in the junk when it happens, Right. Uh, especially when it arrives at the absolute worst rock bottom moment where they finally, it had just given that little glimmer of hope. Finally, things look like it were going to be okay. And then that happens. And yeah, he, he really hits bottom. He pitches a little bit of a nutty and that's just phenomenal storytelling. I think is that the, the fact that we're sure it's coming and it still hurts. That's just stellar writing and acting. Um, Actually it made me think of something from. Uh, uh, we just watched Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street the other day. Uh, it's sort of a little bit of a non sequitur there, but uh, there's another theme in there about how well-off businessmen making stern fiscal business decisions in the face of all of this pleasantness that's distracting from, you know, making the most money you possibly can. Uh, it's only when Chris uh, Chris Kringle takes an angle towards like true customer service, right? By telling customers, you know, other stores where they can go find better deals that Macy and Gimbel accidentally realize. you know, hey, you know what? Customers like it when you do that kind of thing, right? If you're just this great big business, but you install a culture firmly rooted in the community, the community will respond and give you their business more often. And It makes me wonder how it's possible that business folks keep losing sight of that fact because these stories have been around for decades and we we seem to be making more every year and it seems to remind us every year of these values. So Chris Kringle has the remark in that movie that basically said that men tend to lose their perspective from time to time and Christmas is supposed to remind us that we have a larger purpose than to just make a buck and beat the competition. There are higher stakes than all of that. So it's hysterical how Clark's boss in this movie has his pr- perspective. So ridiculously shifted because you know, Randy Quaid, I'm no longer calling him cousin Eddie. He's just Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid went and kidnapped Clark's boss. And uh, it, it was crazy that, 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 the whole situation is crazy but that's comedy for you it shouldn't have happened in the first place um but uh that's just how the how it goes and as for bonuses as part of your salary like boeing had something a couple of years ago or last year where they couldn't do it so they did it in the form of stock you know what i mean because hmm. but but that's still there's still money it still yeah. has value right it's just but yeah
0: must be nice to get a i mean on. yeah
3: mm-hmm. it's you know but again it's part of the part of the deal so um I guess, I guess part of the movie, the point is, is like, uh, it's, it's another one of those reminders that again, we are fellow passengers to the grave. And even though yes, it's commercialized and yes, that's a huge part of even this story and what goes into it. There's higher things that we're all, uh, that we're all striving for. And Christmas is a yearly reminder of that. So
4: yeah, Very exactly. Well Sometimes dead is better. There you go. <laughs> better, better You don't want to go
0: you don't want to go up that David. Better. Oh boy. You don't want to oh, go up. Oh wrong movie. That. My bad. I've been up that road. <laughs> don't go up that don't, don't go up that road that, David. Oh, oh you're speaking of okay, you the uh, out, the
4: eighties version, yes. Oh, <laughs> sometimes.
2: All right, John. Let's uh let's hear your uh your meaning of Christmas vacation.
0: I'm pretty much going to have to echo Eric's about where it's like the the thing I take away besides your cliche, you know, that the family's important. It was that, you know, no matter what social status like we come from, whether you're, you're lower, you're middle, you're upper, is that like we're all in this together throughout the entire ride of life. I mean, Eddie and Clark at the end, as much as Clark probably hates Eddie and despises him or resents him or, you know, insert other adjective that he does towards Eddie clark is always still being a kind person of like well eddie i can help you get christmas presents yeah uh he's still there to lend a hand to somebody around the holidays because you know what we're all on this roller coaster of life together and that's that's definitely what i took away from it i mean besides the fact of like it's not uh, it, it's not the family that you're born with you know it's it's a family that you make of it you gotta, you know, you roll with the punches during the holidays. Well,
2: yeah, it's the goodwill and charity to all. And David and I discussed this on his uh, Geek Garage podcast recently. Um, but yeah, it's it, Clark. You know, they they want to do a good thing because they saw a situation of family, for lack of a better term, in need. And Eddie was like, "No, I can't accept charity," but then. He's like, we insist. And it's like, Ooh. he was still apprehensive. But he's like, all right, well, I got a list just in case. So, I mean, he accepted it and Clark did the right thing, you know, yeah. because he saw his, his cousin-in-law in need and he was fortunate enough to be able to do that. And so I think that that's important to remember the less fortunate around us where we might take things for granted and say, oh, wow, you know, like. I can only afford this and not this. But then there's people who are like, I don't even have a Christmas dinner. And it's like, well, okay, yeah, I have this extra two turkeys, these extra two turkeys, if you want one. Um, so I think that, yeah, the kindness and goodwill and charity is, is great. If that's what you're trying to get at.
0: No, exactly, exactly. Exactly that. Where it's also like, I mean, if you're talking about family, you can even make the joke about, you know, fast and the furious. You don't got friends, you got family. <laughs> <All> Olive <of> garden. <laughs> <laughs> Zupa Tuscana,
2: Olive Garden, where you're here, your family. <laughs> oh boy, um, oh. cool. Anyone want to add anything to that? Or David, does your does your piggyback off of that at all? Or you got a completely different uh, meaning to Christmas vacation?
0: <laughs> Tim, he hated. Christmas. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so to me, the true meaning behind christmas vacation is fucking with your neighbors no uh (laughs) uh, that's it's it's a close second no um so yeah kind of sort of piggybacking but uh the the thing that sticks out to me the most is just the importance of family um and uh i'll just provide you with some examples um i mean uh, uh john mentioned a really good one when uh, the the two of them are in the 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 store. Um, they're you know, and they have that exchange about him not being able to uh, afford gifts for his family, and he you know offers to do that. Like that's the right thing to do. Like you know, that's it's kind of like a symbolic passing of a torch. Uh, well, passing of a torch is always symbolic unless it's a physical torch. Um, right. <laughs> fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. We'll, we'll we we meant very uh, which doesn't really happen that often. So it's usually symbolic. Um, but you know, it's like, Hey, once you, you're in a position of being able to provide for someone not as fortunate as you, that's what you do. Um, and that's what he did. Um, another good example, one of my favorite examples actually, um, is when, uh, it's the first time Clark is attempting to turn the lights on and he gets nothing. Um, And, you know, the entire family is out there and like all the extended family, like the, the mothers-in-laws and the fathers-in-laws and the, you know, all them, they go back inside, but like the immediate family is still out there. And like, you know, like a scene or two scenes ago, they were all like bickering and, you know, the, the daughter was complaining that she had to share a room with her brother and all that. But like, you have this really sweet moment where you know, it, she's like, I'm sure the the lights would have been really great daddy. And like, they're just mm-hmm. being like super sweet. Like his wife is being, you know, uh, like reassuring that like, it's not the end of the world and like, Hey, eventually we'll get it figured out and, and all that. And it's just like, it's, it's what family does. Like, it, you know, when, you know, like I, I forget who mentioned it, John, it might, may have been you or, um, someone else like where, uh, the wife is like, kind of like the Wayne Gretzky. She's like uh, there to assist. Um and uh she does a great job of that in this scene um and then um let's see what was the other one. Um it, yeah, when Eddie goes to uh wrangle Clark's boss, uh, he's like I'll I'll be right back. Hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> It is the pivotal hold my beer moment. And he A big comes burly
2: back. man in a blue leisure suit came in and took him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I believe the plates yeah. were from Kansas. Yeah.
4: Um, but yeah, that's m- basically my biggest takeaway uh, from this movie. It's just the importance of family. I mean, there's there's so many. I think this movie is ripe with like the, the quote unquote traditional um, little uh, nuggets of Christmas wisdom and, and virtue, but that, that's the one that tends to resonate with me. The most is the, the cool. whole family aspect. So,
2: yeah, so it sounds like the majority of your guys's answers lean towards somewhat of a family is important kind of theme. Um, and I, you know, I do kind of want to challenge you guys on this though a little bit, because I, I don't think Christmas always needs to be about family. I mean, yes, at the core family is important but what I would say and I Eric was talking about this earlier and I know we've discussed it on previous podcasts but the thoughts and the ideas of birth family versus chosen family um, I know that my birth family is is spread out um, I don't spend the holidays with them so I spend the holidays with my chosen family and um, I know that it's important and I think that's important, but I also think kindness, honestly, for the holidays, kindness and being truthful is, is, is my most important things during Christmas time. But what say y'all, whoever wants to speak?
3: Yeah, I can speak a little bit on that because we as I was thinking of what was my favorite Christmas, I have a couple of those, but one of my favorites was actually last year because I stayed home with, my wife and I didn't go to my mom's and former stepdad's because uh, he's a huge piece of shit, and I'm I'm counting down the days till he dies.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, Damn hot take, uh, not hot take. First
1: time I've heard that. Uh, nope, not yeah, first same. time. Fuck that guy.
0: <laughs> no, no. Fuck. For, for me, it's for me. It's a first <laughs> time. So I'll support. I yeah, support no, him. all
3: all the all the hatred, and pr- I promise you, he's earned it. Um. Anyway. He uh anyway, then they he actually finally admitted, Yep, I'm a huge piece of shit and I'm leaving and so he's out of the picture, so hooray. Um but <laughs> excellent. But, um huzzah. yeah, very yeah, huzzah indeed. Um to speaking to Zach's point, like I that it had been such a toxic situation for so long that it's like I don't I'm not I don't want to step foot in that house and it would always it would be like a shame like well like you're you're making it hard on your mom. No, you are, you piece of shit, (laughs) like (laughs) accept some responsibility for you being a jack off. So with the when the pandemic was, you know, raging and we were fixing to go to New York City like the next day, we're like, we're not jeopardizing our trip that we spent all this money on and invested. And it's like, he's not vaxxed. He's one of those people. He's just he's not, you know, everything's a conspiracy, that kind of guy. Just paint that, paint that a picture for you. That's what you're talking about. Anyway, um, gotcha. I was just like, I'm not, we're not going to go over there and risk getting sick right before our big trip. Like we're not doing that. And you know, he tried the, the guilt trip thing. Cause that's, that's what he does. And it's like, yeah, fuck him. So yes, to Zach's point, I do have family around here, but as long as he was in the picture, frankly, I no, uh, I'm not, I would rather not be anywhere near that. Um, family is what you choose. And I am glad he's no longer a part of the picture. So I'll be happier when he's dead. But, you know, until then, I'll, I'll, I'll take everybody realizing what a scumbag he is. So. Uh, yeah. I'm going <laughs> to jump in yeah. here
1: real quick oh, because uh, I feel like I should lighten this up. Uh, yep. I like my family, <laughs> like I said. <laughs> They are fine, which is a vast improvement from what we just heard. They are fine. But I don't choose... Up until three hours. I don't choose to hang out with... Like, they're... I hang out for long enough that I have some conversation, but then it's just like, we got nothing to talk about. We don't share any interest. Even like my, my (laughs) brother, my sister, I would say like my nephew, who's only five years younger than me. He's the closest thing to like, I'll hang out with him (laughs) for longer than three hours. But (laughs) I would rather like hang out with my friends on Christmas. I really would. But sadly, they all have to go to their families, like a bunch of losers, um, so yeah, I would have to say, yeah, you choose your family, but my family's also okay. <laughs> Eric, well said, I'm going
4: to make, I'm going to make you a playlist <laughs> and it's all, it's going to be 27 <laughs> tracks of though you swear that you are true. I'd still pick my friends over you. Oh, I like that Let me that
2: tell song. you something.
4: All the eggs. All the
3: They didn't have Spotify when I was a kid, but if if they had, I don't know.
0: I'm not going to put that song back on later
2: then.
3: Yeah. New family. Well, that would, that would be like, Oh, you're being emo. No, you're a piece of shit.
0: Don't put it on me that you're a piece of shit.
3: So I, I do,
4: I do want to revise my statements, uh, from, from the last question of, you know, the whole like importance of family, uh, family is in fact who, who you decide to be your family. Um, you know, it can be blood family. If, uh, you are not fortunate enough to really be fond of your blood family, uh, and you have better, you know, friends and, um, and, and whatnot, you, you identify and you, uh, you feel closer to them. Um, or if it's a half and half situation where you like, Hey mom, you're cool. Fuck you, dad. And, uh, you know, best friend, uh, Johnny and Timmy, like they're great. You know, um, that's, you know, wh- whatever you, you decide is, is your, your blood. Um, you know, that's, um, that's what I'm down with, you know? As, as the old, uh, the, the, the Facebook meme says, you know, if you don't have a, a dad, I'm your dad now. I've
2: never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that. That's
0: I, I have a <laughs> lot
4: of like, like empathetic and caring Facebook friends. So I see that there meme a lot. Yeah. So
2: I, I think the biggest thing for me uh, with with chosen family, like I love my family. Uh, you know, I'll be there for them at the drop of a hat. It doesn't mean I want to be around them. Um, you know, this last this Sunday, I was back home and uh, in my hometown and I was hanging out and stuff and saw my my sister and I was like, this is the right thing to do, right? This will be the, the holidays. I don't really come up here very often. So I saw her and that's about it. Um, you know, I'd be there for her, but it, it, it's like I'm taking Christmas and I'm taking these other opportunities to focus on my life and build my own family and start my own traditions and my friends are my family, you know? As of right now. They still always will be, but I want to also create something for myself and create my own traditions. Uh I was having this discussion about stockings and presents and, and what I do. Like we open one present on Christmas Eve, presents in on Christmas morning, brunch, movies, hangout, then stockings at night. I know people do it different. And so like that's fine. I want to revive that because I haven't opened a stocking since I was probably like 20 years old. Um, so it's been about 15 years since I've opened a stocking. And I want one, damn it. I'm going to make my own stocking. But I mean, that's that's what kind of uh, it's it, I, that's what I'm getting at. You know, like your chosen family doesn't have to. I mean, sorry, your birth family doesn't have to be your chosen family. And it is OK to 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 circumvent that a little bit or pull the Lockhart method and just do three hours and piece yourself out. So. Damn straight. John, do you have anything to add to that?
0: You know what? Just to, not to beat any more dead horse. I definitely feel that. Uh, chosen family is always is great. I, I to also echo Tom. I do love my family. Uh, we text and call uh, pretty frequently. Uh, it's definitely gotten more difficult with the kids because our time is obviously diverted on to a two and a half year old and a, and a, a toddler, or an infant, uh, a whatever the heck you call Garrett at three toddler? months. Oh, I've known um, actually. <laughs> T- yeah, human, uh, giant. still baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's a baby. Still baby. <laughs> still poops himself. He's a baby. But I, but I definitely agree that, is that chosen family. I mean, I definitely also treat a bunch of my friends as family. I, I look at them as family. Um, Some of my really close coworkers. Um, uh, one of my really close coworkers. Um, she's definitely like a sister to me. You know, she and I. You know, we've always looked at each other as a brother and sister relationship. We sort of end our conversations with, I love you later, Gator. Um, it's just, yeah, chosen family. I feel that, you know, friends are what you make of it and family is what you make of it. It, it doesn't really matter. You don't have to put a label on it. Is that if I look at you as I'll do whatever you need, if Zach were to be like, hey, I need help uh, out with this and be like, yeah, sure. When do you meet there? Just you do things for the ones you care about the most. Thank you. I'm going to take you up on that. And to quote Forrest Gump, that's all that. I- <laughs> That's all I have to say about
2: that. To quote Forrest Gump, Bubba was my best good friend. I couldn't just let him die there. Bubba. (laughs) And that's all I have to say about the war in Vietnam. (laughs)
0: And
2: that's that's all I have to say about the war in Vietnam. Fucking Fucking (laughs) (laughs) Vietnam, Boy. Okay. Well, Forrest Gump jokes aside, let's move on to the final question. So (laughs) Christmas Vacation, it's a favorite holiday film for so many people, like I said. Uh, the American Film Institute, however, does not even have it in their top 100 films of all time list. And this is something I found on the internet. So you, it has to be true. The, the AFI is the subjective gold standard on the validity of objectively, or of objectively good film, I should say. So the gold standard on the validity of objectively good film. Take that for what it's worth. Um, so why the hell do people love this movie more than A Christmas Story or White Christmas? I said it's 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. But A Christmas Story and White Christmas are on the AFI list. However, Christmas Vacation isn't. So let's start with David. Why Why don't more people love this movie? Why doesn't the AFI like this movie?
4: So uh, quick question. Uh, Christmas Story and White Christmas, those are really ranked lower on Rotten Tomatoes? So no, no, no. So
2: the, the AFI had the, has their top 100 films list, right? That they update mm, every year. Right. And yeah, and. Christmas Vacation is nowhere on that top 100 list. So, right. a subgenre from that list would be Christmas films and A Christmas Story and White Christmas are on the AFI top 100 and they happen to be Christmas films. So, mm-hmm. uh, by by AFI standards, white, white Christmas and A Christmas Story are better than Christmas Vacation. And I call BS because
0: White Christmas is ranked is ranked number 3 with a 7.5. Yeah,
2: 5 I w- I watched White Christmas and I can appreciate it, but um yeah, let's just say I was I was it kept dragging on and I was like, Oh my God, when is it over? <laughs> so, uh, I, I, why basically why isn't Christmas vacation not on AFI's
4: top 100? Um, they, uh, they just don't have bad, uh, they have bad taste. That's, that's it. Um, <laughs>
2: but, but I'm, let's uh, say I'm a regular viewer. Why, why should I love a Christmas or why should I love Christmas vacation more so than Miracle on 34th street or a Christmas story or white Christmas or, Prancer, Prancer's not on it. But you know what I mean.
4: Well, I can't speak to the original Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Um, I, I think I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I used to watch the the remake, the colored, um, uh, in color nineties uh, remake uh, uh, quite often as a kid, um, and I have never not cried at the um, the sign language scene. Um, so I.
0: Are you
4: talking about the one with Matilda? Uh, yeah, well, she's not the the sign with, language with, kid with
0: Matilda and John with and yeah, John. Hammond.
4: Yeah, uh, I mean Matilda is like in the background, like spying on Santa. Um, but yeah, um, so anyways, like I'm not going to debate that <laughs> that movie is better than um, uh, um, Christmas Vacation. I, I'd really have to think about it. They're really on two different wavelengths, but I just I don't know. Like maybe because of mass appeal. Or just like being more family friendly. Uh, I mean, there is an F bomb in Christmas Vacation and I I'll be honest, I've never seen Christmas Story and I don't really have any intention of seeing it. I fucking hate that kid's fucking face. I fucking what hate you, his face. What, I hate his what, dad's uh, face. I hate that fucking stupid so leg lamp. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! I Save swear to God, like I hate yeah. everything about that movie, <laughs> and I haven't Save even that. seen it.
2: Save that for the hot take. My goodness, we got we got a lot to talk uh, about for that. But continue on your. That's y- not y- even your, my hot point.
4: take.
2: <laughs> continue on your point there, sir.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I don't know. Like, I I honestly don't know. Uh, I mean. Uh, The fact that it's funny, (laughs) like it's got uh, humorous moments and it's full of slapstick, like I don't, I can see why they they didn't put this on the the because the AFI list. It's not just we're not just talking about Christmas movies, right? We're talking about all genres, right?
2: All genres. They just AFI every year puts their top 100 films. This one is not on that list, but specifically, they do have a select amount of Christmas movies that are on the list. It changes all the time, but Christmas vacation is not on it from the list that I saw. And so I guess my question is like, like, like we're saying, so there, there are probably better Christmas films out there. However, when you do ask a lot of people what their favorite Christmas movie is, they either say, cause they think they're funny. They say die hard or they say Christmas vacation uh, as one of them or home alone, right? Love all three of those movies. But like Christmas vacation is a film that I watched so much. And I know my answer. Why? Why? why I like that better than white Christmas or uh, I don't know, something through the snow or some other Christmas movie, right? Some older one.
0: I've got the, I've got the top 20 up here and I don't like any, like that many of the top 20. That's
2: that's what I mean. So like John, why do you like Christmas vacation?
0: Okay. I, I, first off, I think the AFI is bad and they should feel bad. Um, (laughs) I, I think, well, I just think that they have it bad here. It's like you you shoehorn a movie and you just cast it aside kind of like an ugly duckling. Like, okay, your top five here on AFI are It's a Wonderful Life. Holiday, okay, It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, I think I I've it. seen that. Holiday Inn, no. I, I definitely have not seen Holiday Inn to quote to White Christmas. Can't remember it. Bishop's Wife, who the <laughs> hell is that? Christmas Carol, yeah, everyone's seen that. Uh, and then I have to scroll, scroll, scroll down to number 16 for gremlins what 18 for Die Hard, 19 for scrooge and 20 for home alone it's just this is when art is is, is just you, you got it wrong it's just a classic I, I rank it i rank christmas vacation up there with for like my yearly movies that i'm gonna put on for a christmas it's gonna be home alone it's gonna be jingle all the way it's gonna be christmas vacation it's gonna be every now and then home alone too uh Zach, I did go back and rewatch Home Alone three. I can tolerate that film now. It does make it's no not sense. Not too
2: bad. It's not. Uh, it's, it's not a bad one. It's not.
0: T- it's it's not too bad. My my wife. So to Kate, I was like, I was like, Zach said, give it another try. So we're going to give it another watch.
2: <laughs> I'm glad I could be um, influential in some way. But
0: then, <laughs> but then it's like I I I think I just like this just because it's a slapstick. It, it, it just it hits all the notes, and I just I, at the end of the day, it's got something for everybody. Mm-hmm and isn't that what christmas is all about
2: boy it sure is all right other two guys what even fixing the Uh, even
0: fixing the newell
2: (laughs) fixed it
1: i think they're right (laughs) that's (laughs) that's it i mean (laughs) Uh, i i don't think it would even be in like my top 20 i'd have to make a list but i don't think it would enter the top 20 like wow there's there's so many better christmas movies I, I I don't... I mean, Jingle All the Way, of course, but I don't well, really... Yeah, jingle All the Way... I can't even think of movies. Where right does
0: a Christmas story
1: come okay, for you? So I have this thing about hating a Christmas story. Not really because. Not, Thank you. I not fucking not really because it's a bad movie. It's it's fine. My gripe with it is. It's cringy. It plays for 24 hours on Christmas. And that yeah. pisses me off because there is only one movie that should yep. play for 24 hours on a Oof. day, and that is Groundhog Day. Die Hard. Because it makes sense Groundhog day. I was to say play it 24 Groundhog hours day, exactly. a day.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Thank no, you, Tom. Yeah. Exactly. my My friend, my friend, has a tradition on Groundhog Day. He will play that movie on loop on February. does it 6. makes sense. It does. Oh, I can it. Right, it does.
3: I accept that. That's a good
2: judgment call. Yeah, I accept uh, that. Eric, entirely. what about? How, how do you feel about that? <sighs>
3: Well, no, I like what he said. I I understand what he's saying. And listen, this is all subjective. I don't have a whole lot for this section because it kind of leads directly into my hottest take, which is basically I almost wrote an essay. Oh, shit. (laughs) I have a take (laughs) (laughs) regarding this, but I don't know why they don't like it, because I I feel like I feel like it is a good movie, even if it's kind of basic. But the reason people like it is because it is so relatable in every way. Even the hijinks are like you can connect with it. Even the slapstick silliness, you get that. The falling off the roof, that's everyone's danger if you're going up there. You got to nail 25,000 lights to your roof? What a dope. You're going to spend $7,500 on this pool when you like you haven't even got the money in the account yet? You idiot. I don't know. <laughs> but it's fu- the reason that people like it, even though s- some of the critics don't like it as much, and that jives actually with the tomato meter and the audience score. Tomato meter is lower than the audience score, and I'm going to talk about that. Um, the reason, though, is that it's funny in a way, a lot of ways that other comedies don't have the balls to be. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit here.
2: OK, well, I agree with you. And I think this is a movie that can relate to to so many people. Everyone's had bits and pieces of, of an experience of that, whether you be a single person or a person with a family of 25. Um, you've had bits and pieces and you can draw inferences from them. So. Uh, Gentlemen, those are all the questions I have and I a lot of fun with that. I appreciate all of you guys and your answers. They were great. But we're going to jump to the hottest takes now because I know you guys are burning in your seats for all these Christmas story hatreds and the Christmas vacation hatreds (laughs) and what have you. The thing about that I will quickly say about Christmas story is. I like it because I grew up with it and it goes with their tradition of the you know 24 hours of a Christmas story. It's the gift that keeps on giving. You know, I, I always see a turkey and I go, the old man was a turkey junkie. And uh, again, no one knows what I'm talking about except for me. So but that's how I like it. So we will go hottest take. Who wants to go first that you need to defend your hottest, most controversial take on this movie, on movies of this genre, on actors, on whatever. <laughs> but you can only pick one who wants to go. I'll go. Eric's going yeah,
1: go. Eric has an essay. Do it, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Light, I, it, I, up. Light it up. Light it up.
3: This is the part where I'm going to try to change Tom's mind a little bit here. I'm going to try <laughs> to change his mind a little bit. And I, I want you to consider what I have to say. Okay? The first thing you have to understand is that writing is an exercise in ego. It, to think that you're going to sit there with a white sheet of paper and write and put something down that other people are going to want to see or read is just pure hubris. It is. Writers can very easily get up their own ass because writing is a vanity exercise to begin with. I studied English in college. I was exposed to a lot of writers, but I also had to do a lot of writing myself. And anytime I was in some creative writing class or whatever, we'd have an assignment where we have write a story, come up with a story, basic story structure, beginning, middle, end, that whole thing. You guys don't understand. Everybody understands basic story structure, right? Or have some passing familiarity with it. Well, I got to tell you, the instinct is going to be there if you ever take these classes. The instinct is going to be to write some highfalutin, woe is me, existential, emotional clusterfuck. Okay. I felt that pull too. I absolutely trust me, it's real. And it, you're going to find yourself trying to write the next Schindler's List or Brokeback Mountain or Sophie's Choice or Requiem for, for a Dream or some shit, you know. So my first part of the hot, hot take on that for any writer is you got to fight that urge sometimes to write, write the story that you're trying to tell. What you, you see this in a lot of comedies, though, where the movie is listed as a comedy and you're surprised because you're like, really? That that wasn't (laughs) funny. (laughs) Maybe I got a small chuckle in a scene or two, or maybe I had just a general lighter feel than if I was watching Schindler's List. But I wouldn't exactly call it a comedy. Do you know why? Because that movie wasn't it was actually it was all over the place, even if the writers and the critics didn't realize it. It didn't know what it was trying to be. Or it's trying to be too many things. It's trying to make you laugh, but it also wants to make you think. So the critics will turn around and applaud them for how smart their writing is. Or, you know, maybe it is smarter. Does that make the movie better? Rotten Tomatoes talks about Christmas Vacation. It says, while Christmas Vacation may not be the most disciplined comedy, it got enough laughs and good cheer to make a solid seasonal treat. Okay, so their tomato meter, they gave it a 71% audience score was 86 that's a pretty decent audience score now consider another movie 2014's happy christmas that was an anna kendrick movie i don't know if any of you guys saw that one 2014 anna kendrick happy christmas now
2: yeah
3: yeah, that had a 75 on the tomato meter but only a 37 in the audience score it was called an intelligent well-acted and satisfyingly low-key Uh, Is it a better movie than Christmas Vacation? I I don't know. I I really can't judge that. But it wasn't funnier (laughs) at all by a damn sight. And the audience seems to agree. Why? Because Christmas Vacation knew what it was trying to be. It may not be the most disciplined comedy. It was slapstick, guys. It was just Mm -hmm. slapstick. So... Look, I learned to appreciate the less is more approach in storytelling and writing. I know you guys understand that too. You abide by you with read books. You got the less is more. You appreciate that. We all appreciate these gentle subtleties, you know, that good writers will spread throughout their stories, right? You'll find some of the greatest humor of your life when you find those. It almost seems like accident, but it's not because the writers are really good at what they do. Uh, You won't be able to kind of repeat that joke because it won't make sense outside of the context of your own experience of watching or reading. It's like a private little joke just for you to appreciate, right? Mm -hmm. That's how you feel with some of these. So you remember a minute ago when I started talking and I said that writing is a vanity exercise, right? Mm -hmm. You see, writers are readers too, and they know all about that. And they try to match that because they know it's a hallmark of genius and they're trying to prove that they're a genius. So they try too hard and try to force things where they don't fit. So for people who appreciate the craft, they tend to stick their noses up at slapstick. But they're missing something that I was reminded of this last October. I don't know if you guys were, were aware, but Tom and Zach know. Uh, I'd mentioned this last time we were on the Top 5 podcast. I was a professional clown in October. Uh, I worked at a spooky haunt out in the corn maze, and I got to be a scary clown and scare people. It was fun. A lot of fun. Well, there's this clown there who was in charge. Her name's Sizzle. Sizzle the clown. She's a birthday clown. Look her up That's if an you need amazing one. Clown name. <laughs> She's great. She's awesome. Look her up. Uh, she reminded me that in some contexts, more is more. No, no, not less is more. No, 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 more is more. In slapstick and crazy cornfield, whatever, more is more. More scary. More funny. More stupid. More ridiculous. More is more. Slapstick is that way as well. So when you look at Christmas Vacation, the reason it's funnier than Happy Christmas, even though they're both family comedy uh, Christmas comedies, the reason Christmas Vacation works is because it knows what it's trying to be. It has all the it's going for the yucks. It's going for the dumb funny. It's going for him falling off the frickin roof. It's going for every every single scene has some silly slapstick thing in it. Every single one. It doesn't need to have Siskel and Ebert openly weeping while they joyfully suck each other off
4: in
3: order for it to be a a good movie, okay? They're going for the yucks. They're going for the jokes. They're going for the laughs. Even if it's an old-fashioned, heartwarming family Christmas, it's okay. So that's really my hot take, is that judge the movies based on what they are, and what they're supposed mm. to be, not what because you think you could have wrote written a better movie. A, no the fuck you couldn't, and B, get over yourself. Anyway, it's a, it's a dumb physical comedy movie, and if you just remember that that's what it's supposed to be, it's a lot more enjoyable. Tom, are you willing to rewatch the movie under that context?
1: No. Got you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you tried, you
0: tried, you tried, you tried. Eric, no. <laughs> <No. laughs> that was very well said. Very Thank well <laughs> said. I, I completely
2: agree with you. This movie at the end of the day is slapstick. It's meant to be funny. It's not trying to be ambiguous. Um, it has good meaning because you can have good meaning in comedy. Uh, sometimes it just doesn't work for people. I know I can't pull off skinny jeans uh, to save my life, so I've decided not to wear those. I and, and that's okay. Tom's not wrong for not liking this movie. It's his opinion. Um, it, sure. it doesn't make him an asshole or anything. It just makes him a pariah in this <laughs> podcast. But <laughs> yeah, that is okay, and it's very well said, Eric. So appreciate that hot take. For Thank
3: you. Sir. I'm sorry for the longest hot take ever, but I,
2: it take a while that to build was great. up. to What I was getting to. I do. love It was spicy. It was spicy. <laughs> Thank it you was spicy. you had a you. lot of vigor, and um, I, I liked it a lot. All right. Who Siskel wants to go second? Ebert.
0: The the, ima- the image of the image of Cisco <laughs> and Ebert sucking <laughs> each other off will forever be while now. joyfully
3: openly weaving. Oh my god! Yeah.
0: Um, okay. I'll go. my my hot My hot take is pretty simple. I'm just sickened with Chevy Chase staple gunning the lights into the fucking room <laughs> Yeah, roof. like as as like as like a first time homeowner, where it's like I'm nervous about everything. When it's like when I was reading about, you have to be careful when you're up on the roof from the sure. obvious safety standards. But it's like because if you stand, if you step on a nail and the shingles, it can then pierce through, and then now you've got leaks right there. He's just gunning the <laughs> roof, and he's just gunning it up and down. What are you going to do when the end of the season is going to happen? You're going to rip
1: the lights out? You're going to
0: rip all your shingles out, you idiot. Manny and I had the exact same reaction.
1: It's like he's a moron or something. <laughs>
0: it's like he's dumb. Oh, and, and, and also, a, s- a secondary hot take. I normally associate one. Bullshit that gutter yeah. holds you. Yeah. Bullshit that gutter holds a human man's weight of what? Chevy Chase is six foot five. Uh, yeah.
2: he's, he's probably at least hundred ninety pounds, two hundred pounds. No maybe, way! But
0: uh, I stood I, I just, up just, just in the, the theater and gunning. said, "No, yeah, <laughs> no, no, you stop it, <laughs> yeah. sir." That's my hot take. It's a quick hot take. I
2: mean, it did deliver. Then why is the carpet all wet, Todd? I don't know, Margo. I mean, I'll, I'll take, <laughs> I'll take that. Part. I don't
0: know, Margot. Yeah, that's. I love the ice. The ice javelin just shooting. That's things, pretty and, great, and, that's... and the
2: sound effects.
0: And no. <laughs> And nobody notices yet the broken oh, window man. first. Like, oh, I wonder where it came something from. had to
2: break the window. But OK, I dig it. Yeah, I don't own a home, so I've never put lights. I've never stapled in. We used to staple lights into the trim because uh, those are easy to pull out, but not into the roof. Uh, but I mean, shit, I, I don't know. I haven't hung Christmas lights in years other than my tree. So hot take.
0: I just do the gutters,
2: the gutters. Yeah, yeah, gutter, the gutter all the way. No, probably way. Yeah. the smartest thing. So, yep. All right, David.
4: Uh, so I uh, I'm gonna take a step back here and fuck your own face. No, um, <laughs> I am gonna <laughs> I'm gonna take a step back, um, and uh, address uh, just uh, from a more general area. Uh, Christmas movies, uh, the the genre of Christmas movies is the worst offender of like a dime a dozen bullshit that's out there, like. Lindsay and I were scrolling through like three different streaming services the other day. Like when we, we finished watching this and we're like, you know, we're now kind of in the spirit. Like let's find another one to watch. And we scrolled through Netflix for like 15 minutes. And it's just like, miles of nonsense and then we went to hbo and it, like they had you know a couple ones where but you know ones we had seen already and then they had you know some nonsense and then like peacock and hulu like it's just like what the fuck is this like it's all hallmark movie bullshit i was like suck my cock like <laughs> <me the> hell. <laughs> like it was like with these actors that you don't know like and that's fine like you know people like you don't need to know everyone in every movie, but it's just like, like I watched a trailer for one. Lindsay was like, Oh, this looks kind of interesting. And so we watched the trailer and I was like, this looks like the dumbest piece of shit I might ever watch in my life. Um, and she's <laughs> like, I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I guess that's my hot take is, is that this, this, uh, sub of film is just so diluted. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's some, obviously some banger holiday films out there with this being one of them, but there's also a lot of dribble. So yeah, that's, that's it.
0: You can always move into the uh, the Christmas
1: horror genre. Uh,
4: that is one of my favorite uh, <laughs> sub sub genres, mm-hmm. or horror sub genres.
0: It's a great
1: sub genre. Uh, I
4: I love it. Um, like Black Christmas. I've only seen the original, uh, but that was really good.
0: Oh, you got to watch all of them. All the Black Christmas. Yeah, Krampus is I've really uh, good.
4: Yeah, Krampus.
0: Krampus, I just recently yeah, watched. That's
4: great. Um, I'm really excited to watch the new uh David Harbour um film. What it what is it?
2: Uh,
0: Violent Night. Is it Violent yeah. Night, what? yeah. Violent well, because and and then and then you've got Silent Night, Deadly Night, or Better Watch Out. I just love the Christmas subgenre because I feel like it's just underappreciated. Mm. Yeah. 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 Sorry. I'll, I'll just be quiet. That's <laughs> not this movie. But check Better Watch Out.
1: That's Better Watch one. Out.
4: Okay. I'll look it up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for for
2: there's sure. some there's or, some good uh, options out
1: there. Santa Slays. thats a good one. <laughs> Santa, Slays I've never seen it. It's garbage. It's it's, it's just the name of it, and it's got Bill Goldberg say, and is it Goldberg Santa in it. <laughs> and that I've never watched the movie, <laughs> yeah, it, it but is. I know Bill, it's yeah, great just because of those those factors. <laughs> or like Tom's, yep, like Tom's favorite
2: movie, Jack Frost, but not the one with Michael Keaton, <laughs> the one with the the killer Jack Cereal Frost killer snowman Yeah, not clown, but yeah.
0: <laughs> Jack Frost Two. Jack Frost 2 is hilarious.
2: (laughs) Jack Frost 2 frosted over. Uh, I don't know. I agree, David. When I was searching Netflix, I was like, what is this garbage they have on here? And it's all, whenever someone's like, oh, you should watch this one. I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh, Unless it's, unless it has Arnold Schwarzenegger in it, I'm not going to watch it as a Christmas movie. So, yes, I I think it is very deluded. There's way too much going on and it's, Netflix and those streamers got a little too big for the britches. If you you know what I mean. Thank you. Okay, Tom, hot take. You're the last one.
1: Let's go. Uh, Okay. Clark is the bad guy. Also, his boss is still a bad guy, but Clark is the bad guy of the story. Guys, did you not realize? I mean, at first his wife doesn't really want the whole family there, but Clark wants his big Christmas. So they're all there because of him. Um, let's say he drools over the, the, uh, the lady at the, at uh, the, uh, what's it called? The mall. Mary. He's like, obs- he's North like Church. obsessed with her. He can't even, he can't get any of the right words out. He has a wife. God damn it. And then he also d- dreams about her in the backyard and it's just like, oh, this guy is such a terrible person. And not to mention he ruins a marriage. His next door neighbors are going to get a divorce because of the things he has done to them. He sets an <laughs> icicle through their window. He crashes a tree through him. They get mauled by a dog and she punches him in the face at the end. They are going to get a divorce because of Clark Griswold. He is the worst person in the entire movie (laughs) wow ellen does
2: say you set standards that no family activity can live up to and clark asks what have i ever done and she says parties weddings anniversaries funerals holidays and he cuts her off he's like good night ellen and she keeps on going (laughs) so you're absolutely right you set standards (laughs) that no family activity can live up to that just says it's not just Christmas Reading the book and he has the yeah. sap no. on his uh, fingers.
1: <laughs> it's yeah, just it's... not Christmas. He does this all the time in oh every, every vacation <laughs>
2: movie. Yeah. He goes, he goes to Vegas uh, for, in Vegas vacation and he, it's supposed to be about him and Ellen and he ends up gambling the entire time. So I, you know, that's not that, uh, that's not that far off Tom. I think I, 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 I feel you on that one and I think I, I, I like what you're putting down there. So very mm-hmm. good. Okay. Gentlemen through that, we will just jump to your letter grade really quick, um, Eric. What do you what do you grade this movie? I give it a solid B plus. That I'm is not a, a huge good grade. Sl- yeah, not usually
3: a slapstick guy, but I like. As I said in my hottest of hottest takes, they really really leaned into it. If you're going to do it, do it well, and they added just enough meaning in for it to make it really fun. I will watch this every single Christmas. I love this movie. A- Hell yeah, B plus.
2: B plus. Tom letter
1: grade um i will probably uh, like a c minus d plus because i do like the last 20 minutes <laughs> i want to remind everyone <laughs> I, I like the last 20 minutes but yeah so I, we'll go with d plus yeah
2: you're kind of like an anti-hero taylor swift 2022 um so oh, i just wanted yeah, to plug t awesome. swift in there real quick but okay i dig it john letter grade
0: I will also give it a B plus. I think it has it it, exactly. It leans into exactly. It it knows exactly what it is, and it doesn't stray from that. It also doesn't go above and beyond. But a B plus is a solid grade for this film. David, I'm
4: going to give it an A.
2: My man, that's uh, that's what I'm I'm talking (laughs) about. So I'm 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 A all the way. Also, why do you give it an A?
4: Um, you know what? I, I think on Letterboxd, I gave this four stars. I feel like letter grades are uh, a little bit more appropriate or easy to give out or easier to assign. Um, but yeah, I, I don't like when I first saw this movie, I was like, instant classic. Like, why did I wait so long to watch it? Um, but the more I watch it, the more I fall in love with it. Um, just, you know, with the, the slapstick comedy and all the, you know, the personal moments that resonate with me and yeah, Clark's a big fucking idiot, but like, you know, we, we've established by this point that he's like the idiot of the, 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 the parental unit, um, the collective unit. And the, the, the mom is like the silent matriarch where Mm -hmm. you know, she's like the, the, the less evil, um, uh, what is it? The, the Shakespeare, um, <laughs> uh, Macbeth, lady Macbeth. She's like not evil lady Macbeth. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, like she's, she's just there, like, you know, kind of aiding Clark in, in his quest to have a great Christmas. And just, there's just so much in this movie that I can personally relate to. So yeah. an a, is definitely a, a bit of a subjective choice, but that's uh you know, that's, uh, that's what I give it. So.
2: Hell yeah. Love it. Appreciate it. Gentlemen. Now we will very quickly, uh, we are going to ask these things because it is Christmas and, uh, that is why we're here today to, to spread goodwill and cheer amongst everybody. So I am going to ask you rapid fire each one of you. I want you to tell me what your favorite Christmas blank is. So we will go in this order, Tom, Eric, John, and David. We got it? Cool. Yes. Perfect. Got Tom, it. Tom, favorite Christmas food? Uh, beef Wellington. Eric? Pecan pie. Ooh, pecan or, pecan, or pecan. Pe- pecan, pie. pecan? Pecan pie. Pecan pie. Pecan pie. Pecan or pecan. Pecan. Pecan, pecan. pecan duck. Pecan duck. Oh, the vipers. favorite food?
0: Salisbury steak.
2: You eat Salisbury steak on Christmas?
0: But it, it was a thing my grandma did. We would always go over to her place and she would always make Salisbury steak.
2: Love it. David. Cookies. Cookies are a dessert, but they can be a food. Okay. 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 Well, I, so I, I do like pie. cookies. That's uh, true. Wait till you see players. what I have for dessert. Oh boy. Okay. Favorite Christmas drink, Tom. Eggnog. Great choice. Eric. Whiskey. <laughs> till I found Jack Daniels. Uh, John.
0: <laughs> I'd say hot toddies for Christmas time.
2: Mm, David. David.
4: Uh, whiskey with an occasional side of eggnog.
2: Oh, eggnog and sprite all the way, baby! Eggnog and sprite, I tell you. Eggnog okay. and sprite. It's so good. I'll tell you. I'll tell you off air. Um, all right. Tom, dessert. Uh, what's your favorite Christmas dessert?
1: Uh, I literally just made this for a Christmas party a couple days ago, and that is apple brandy pecan pie ice cream.
2: Holy shit, that sounds amazing! It's so good. It's so good. Ugh. Eric, what's your favorite dessert? I'll
1: refer
3: you to my previous answer. Oh, pecan pie!
0: Oh, wow! Pecan okay, pecan pie. Damn. Okay, I dig it, John. I'd say I'd say pumpkin pie with some peppermint ice cream.
2: Ooh, peppermint ice cream is underrated. Love that, David.
4: Um, similar to my food, uh, it is uh, cookies, but a cookie pie. Um, a recipe that I recently came across, and it is my new favorite thing to make. It's basically two whole batches of Toll House uh, cookies. Um, I've perfected this recipe since I was like seven (laughs) years old. Um, and, uh, you basically make it in a cast iron skillet and you put one layer of chocolate chip cookie dough. Then you sprinkle whatever, uh, delicious candy you want. I did, um, like three whole, uh, bars of Carmelo's, um, and then another layer of chocolate chip cookie dough on top. And then you throw it in the oven. And uh, you can even like leave it out overnight or stick in the fridge and then reheat it the next day. It's fucking delicious. Like put a scoop of ice cream on top. It's I mean, you're only going to want a small piece because it is super rich, but it is off the fucking charts. So
2: my dentist and my doctor just called me after hearing about that. Um, (laughs) But it sounds incredible. And I would try it because I love Rolos. So and I love cookie dough. So Mm -hmm. that sounds amazing. Awesome. I feel like insulin needs to come with it. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Tom, Christmas candy.
1: (laughs) Uh, Fruit flavored candy canes. So like your Skittles or your or like that sort of stuff. I don't like normal candy canes.
2: Yeah, those are good. Eric.
1: Uh,
3: I would say Hershey kisses in my uh, stocking. Hershey's Kisses. Yeah. Okay.
2: Those are wait, chocolate. Or just regular chocolate. Or do you like any other flavor?
3: Uh, I like all of them, but regular chocolate's my favorite, regular milk chocolate's my favorite, but yeah.
2: Okay. John Reese's
0: Christmas trees all the way. Nice. Yeah. My boy, David.
4: Uh, I was actually go- going to also say the fruit flavored, uh, candy canes, like any fruit flavored, uh, brand or, or whether it's jelly bellies or whatever. But, um, I actually do like like for some reason the chocolate you get in your stocking just hits differently. Like it's just like yeah. it really hits the spot. You're like, "God damn, like is this chocolate made out of acid? Like <laughs> what's going on here?" <laughs> like I just went from 6 to midnight on this chocolate here. Um, Outstanding. So yeah. This is a family chocolate. show. <laughs> no it isn't. Six, six okay, midnight night
3: is the only yeah.
2: Love it. Love it. OK, favorite Christmas that you remember, Tom. What was the year of your all time best Christmas?
1: Um, I believe it was 1997 or 1998. I was 12 or 13 and I got a PlayStation and Final Fantasy 7, which is still my favorite video game. I own it on my console, on my computer, on my phone, on my tablet. I can play it wherever I want to play it. <laughs> wow.
2: You own it on all the things
1: yeah i haven't played it in like three years though <laughs> 97 eric well christmas
3: 95 uh coolio's gangsta paradise came out <laughs> and i got that on cassette <laughs> and then i got uh, a big old like millennium falcon with like you could take the top off and you like i stick a bunch of like little toys little han Solo yeah. in there, and so i was just like cruises through the galaxy as I walk through the valley of the shadow, with the, yeah, that's a great one. That's a good <laughs> so question
2: I walk the fire where I harvest my crops, uh, such a <laughs>
0: where I harvest such my game. grains. Yeah, that's I a, a thing. kid, as my kid, wife and she's very plain.
3: I, <laughs> oh boy, don't don't <laughs> get her started. <laughs> la- yeah, yeah. I mentioned last year. Yeah, so yeah, and then I think uh, 2004, Mandy and I's first one together, living in Texas. Yeah, probably my favorite as an adult was that one. So
2: cool. Yeah love to hear it john favorite christmas
0: i would say christmas 96 when i think my dad surprised my brother and i with the n64 fuck yeah mine was 97
2: because yeah, like, we used to rent the n64 from the from blockbuster and then we finally got one on ninety six same thing my brother and i got surprised by santa and i was like santa knows
0: what's up oh my dad took all the credit because he he took all the credit for that santa didn't do shit <laughs> santa is a, is a has-been actually yeah, is a it, it only it the, the only thing santa probably did was bring an extra game controller
4: yeah. honestly that's the way that parents should do it um mm-hmm. uh, any any large gifts that you that parents get for kids it should be from the parents that way the kids don't get a skewed view of uh exactly um how santa works so
0: no that that's a that's a good hot take i, I remember It was Super Mario 64. Mm. And Goldeneye.
2: Um, David, what was your favorite Christmas?
4: Well, uh, I kind of feel like I have to um, branch out a bit from the crowd uh, because it's all been, you know, nostalgia. And while I definitely had, you know, the N64 Christmas was fucking phenomenal uh of course because i am pretty sure i got golden eye then too and perfect dark and um a couple other games wcw nwo revenge um however in closest memory i'd say my favorite christmas would be circa 2017 2018 um i won't go into too much detail because i'll probably end up crying but it was just a, a day filled with like unadulterated happiness. Like I, uh, we hadn't had, um, our second kid yet. Um, so it was just me and my wife and my son. And we, uh, I remember like he was just starting to get into like things like shows and movies and like be able to appreciate and enjoy like little toys from shows and movies. And at the time he fucking loved, Blue's Clues. I mean, what kid doesn't love Blue's Clues? If you don't, you're wrong. Um, yeah. And <laughs> he, his favorite gift that he got, he got a billion gifts that year um, like he does every year. But that year, his favorite gift out of everything he got was um, Steve's handy dandy notebook. And the look on his face when he opened that up to see the, like, the actual in real life handy dandy notebook like, I was just like, god damn like, this is why we do it um and uh so yeah is it it, that on top of just a bunch of other things was just um you know it made it a great christmas so um yeah like i said it was a couple years ago pre-pandemic 2017 18 maybe somewhere around there so
0: yeah i can't i can't wait to get to that part about like with kids with we bought like our son a couple gifts where it's like i can't wait to see that complete joy that unadulterated mm-hmm. joy in the eyes. Yeah, just yeah, that's what it's all soak about. Soak it yeah.
4: in. I mean, I I would I I'm I'm always hesitant to like break out my phone and start taking pictures like uh, you almost want to just set something up on a tripod cuz like you just you want to like your memory is going to be the best camera for that like, you know, cuz no one's like no camera is going to be able to capture that moment quite like your brain is going to capture it. So I hear you.
3: Yeah. Good. If I could like snap a finger and be a master wizard of some kind and make my own, whatever (laughs) a deity, I would be Santa Claus for, I would absolutely be Santa Claus. Yep. have my own little uh, city up at the North pole and can't giving out presents every year to the kids. That sounds like an awesome job.
2: Gangsters paradise and millennium falcon.
3: Just, just
2: (laughs) playing on repeat,
0: playing (laughs) on (laughs) repeat.
2: the whole way down. They go hand in hand. The the last (laughs) CD I ever thought Eric would own, but I dig it. Love it. Nope. cool the first actually (laughs) love it okay guys that is the show it is so great i'm gonna link your social medias in the description um such a pleasure so happy to have you guys on here um i just want to say from my home to yours merry christmas Happy Kwanzaa, happy Hanukkah, happy holidays, whatever you may celebrate. Happy Festivus to the rest of us. Um, but <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. And to everyone out there, Feliz Navidad, Joy Ex Noel, Froy uh, Winen I think that's how you say it, Buon Natale, and just Merry Christmas. Um, that is it that, there we go so thank you for listening to, to the Don't Be Crazy podcast remember to follow us on Twitter at dbcrazypod and at zachdale 60 where you can share your thoughts give us film suggestions tell us if we are crazy or just send me some funny memes I like the memes make sure you subscribe to the Don't Be Crazy podcast on Apple Podcasts and leave us a 5 star review additionally we are also available on every other major podcast app Thank you so very much for listening. And until next time, don't be crazy. You guys can say bye. All right, bye, guys. Bye.
1: bye. bye.